about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to another week of All In With The Lord. My name is Art Cardos and it is my pleasure to come together every week and talk about the victories that we have been able to understand and grasp because of what Jesus did on the cross. And today I'd like to talk about celebrating those victories and celebrating the fact that he died for us so that we could be who he says we are. And I think today on today's program, you have to kind of look at it like, um, what does, how does God see you? What has he called you to be? How has he, uh, what is he calling you to? What do I mean by that? What I, what I mean by that is we, we see ourselves as sinners who were saved and we see ourselves as, as people who continually make mistakes and we're human. But what does God see? He's calling us. He calls things that are not as though they are. What is he call, calling you and I to be? What is he doing? So we want to talk about that because I, for one, want to explain that I am who he says I am. I am not who I think I am. I am who God says I am. And when he was asked by Moses, who are you? He said, I am that I am. He is the great I am. And I am who he says I am. So I am who the I am says I am. What does that mean? That means that forget about your past. Forget about what you think of yourself. Forget about all those unworthy, unrighteous thoughts and start thinking of yourself like God's thinking of you. Now, there's a couple of things I'd like to talk about on this program. And one of them is, you know, we just recently uh, enjoyed what we call Independence Day here in this country. And how about today we proclaim independence from the world system, God's independence, independent on God's word. We are not dependent on the world. So we are independent of the world. We have been redeemed from the world. We have been brought to a place where we can be transformed. And not only that, but we're, if you're alive today, which I know you are if you're watching this program or listening to this program, you are alive in a time when God is culminating, bringing together what he said would happen. That is where we are in this moment. We're in the third millennium since Jesus. That's right. We've entered into the third 1,000 years, and you are part of the third millennium. What has he called you to do in this day, in this hour? Well, I believe that we have been called to do great and mighty things, demonstrate God's plan. If God said something was going to happen, 
It's going to happen. Now, you have a choice, we have a choice, to be a part of what God said was going to happen or to run from it and hide. And you don't want to be that one. You don't want to be running from it and hiding. You want to be the one who is going to experience and enjoy being a part of what God designed you to be a part of. So I believe that we are at a time where the demonstration has to take place. What is it? What do I mean demonstration? Why do people, why do kids not normally want to go back to church when they get a certain age? Because there's nothing exciting there. There's no demonstration there. That you fight with kids to get them to go, and then some go, you, and if they're brought up right, they love it. But if they don't, if they're not, or if they don't see you enjoying it or having a demonstration, what incentive do they have? God's Word says He wants to deliver you and I from every evil of this present world. Are you experiencing that? Why not? So there are no limits, no limits to Bible prosperity. What do I mean by that? If God's in charge, there are no limits. There are no limits. Take the limiter off your brain. God's victory over death, God's victory over all the circumstances, he's made us to take advantage of that, to use that. So there's no limits to Bible, Bible uh, prosperity. Health, wealth, eternal life. Okay, well, then why do I have trouble paying the bills? Or why do I, am I not always healthy? Because you believe that is what you're supposed to have. You have been trained in this country, in this world, and by yourself to believe what you think you believe. <laughs> That's why I started by saying, I am who he says I am. Have you taken the time to get into the Word to find out who it is God says you are. I call it uh, DSI, Divine Self-Image. What image, what is your self-image inside of you that you're walking around with every day of your life? Because that image is telling your whole production system, the whole system that God's given you, how to deliver to you what it is you have in your life. I know a lot of people don't have what they want in their life, but I'm here to tell you, you are the reason you don't have it. Now, it's not all your fault, but you're the reason. It's not all your fault because we were born into original wrong thinking, original sin, original wrong thoughts were bombarding us, and we grew up thinking we know what life is about. And because we think we know, we then become what we think we know, which is not good in a lot of cases. Some cases better than others, but not necessarily good. So if you're broke, busted, sick, or disgusted, any one of those, then this program can help in around because that is absolutely not God's plan for you. That is absolutely not his divine will for you. That is absolutely, if you have any lack, whatsoever. If you lack anything, then listen up, because God wants to turn that around. You are a third millennium generation now, right now, after Jesus has come to this earth, and this is the middle, this is the generation 
that will receive back everything, everything that was stolen, if they will discover who he says we are. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. So when people get wealthy or rich, there's two kinds of rich. There's godly rich and there's, you know, the worldly rich. The worldly rich is all about accumulation. I'm going to get as much as I can. The godly rich is all about how much can I get so I can redistribute it and help all those around me. And if you don't think there's those around you that need help, you have your eyes closed or you're blind in your spirit because they are everywhere. I mean, there are certain people that just be, with money alone, you can help get them treatment that would help transform their life. Or there's other people <coughs> that with money, you could help them to become debt-free and teach them how to do that. You know, when when Joshua and Caleb went into, when they were out and searching for the promised land, <coughs> and they came back and said, oh, there's giants. The two, they came back and said, we can do it. We can take it. But <coughs> they're the ones. They are the ones that we want to be like. We want to look out here in the earth and realize that the wealth, all wealth, wait, come on. The whole earth and everything in it, if you're a Christian, you know, belongs to God. <laughs> Some of you might be saying, then, why doesn't he share it with me? Well, he wants to. Do you know he wants to? It, he wants it out of the hands of the wicked and into the hands of the righteous. Who are the righteous? The righteous are those who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. That's who the righteous are. That's you. And he wants it in your hands. But you have to accept the fact that there is a land filled with milk and honey. There is a prosperous land where the grapes are so big, it takes two people to carry the stick with the grapes on. Go read it in the Bible. It's in there. That is where he wants you to live today. Stop being thinking that you are, are just another problem going to a place to happen. Stop thinking that God's forgotten about you. Stop thinking that you have to remain in the situation that you're in. It can turn around today. Independence. Take your independence from your problem. Take your independence. It's Independence Day we just celebrated. Take your independence. Be independent. from. Take a step back from every problem in your life. Take the worst problem and tell me it's too big for God. It is not. The wealth of the sinner, the whole earth, every ounce of gold, every silver, every anything belongs to God. And you have accepted Jesus, I hope. And in Jesus, God is abiding. He is in Christ with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we, all of us who have accepted Jesus as Lord, have the creator of the universe inside of us. He is living in us, living proof, but he wants you to identify with him. This is a word we hear today. I identify as this. I identify as that. How about Christians identifying as the creator of the universe? Because he created you to be just like him in the image and likeness of God. And all we have to do is discover and identify with God Almighty. 
the creator, the main creator of all existence. There is no lack. There is no shortage of wealth. There is no shortage of health, except in our own messed up mind. Because our minds have been trained to believe a certain way. When you renew your mind, and that's what Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means we got to do something about it. We have got to do something about it. Now, there's so many things that I want to say, and I only have a short period of time. But a true wealthy person in this planet is a Christian, first of all, that has their eternity locked up. You know where you're going. That's great. But his will wants to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and he picked you to be here right now to put his will into effect. That's what he did. So, you're here right now. Thy will be done on earth, on earth, on earth, as it already is in heaven. His will. What is his will? His will is that you prosper even as your soul prospers, which means as fast as your soul can grow up, that's how fast you should prosper. Now, you have to want your soul to grow. And how do you get your soul to grow? You dive into the Word. You ask the Holy Spirit. You discover who you are. You become someone who knows who He says. The great I am. The great I am. Uh, he, who He says you are, you are. I am who He says I am. Period. The end. It's not who I think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think He thinks I am. And that is all that matters. And that's what we have to discover. Who we are in Christ. Forget who you were. The old man is gone. Go, except if you keep living life with him or her. You have to just make a choice. Yes, I was born again. And that old man has passed away. And that, ain't, that person is not in charge of my well-being. It's not in charge of what I believe and what I receive. All things are possible to those who believe. And that's what we have to come to, understanding that. So, let me read a scripture or two here. <clears throat> first of all, about the rich, okay? Because 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19, As for the rich of this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant. So if you have some money, Stop if you're doing it. Don't be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor set their hopes on uncertain riches. In other words, don't put all your hope in your retirement plan. Start trusting God for more. I want a fixed income. Get it unfixed. God wants to transform you. God wants to send money into you. He wants to get it to you. This is the day where Solomon's wealth we as the church are the modern-day Solomon. God wants to bless his church more than Solomon in all his glory. More if you will stop thinking fixed income. 
If you have a job, that's great. Keep the job, but think outside the box. That's not, that is not all that you can get. That job gives you money to pay bills and tithe, and then believe for more. God will bring in the more so that you will need the job someday. Oh, yes, he will. But you do work to get the money till that day happens. But God wants to bless you. And not only that, the time is the time is up. The clock is up. I don't know how many times different ways people can say that. But the clock, God's clock is up. He's coming back. He's coming back. But before he comes back, he's coming back to a glorious church. A church that is filled with all the blessings that he promised. He has called that to be. We are a part of the manifestation of what God has called. And we need to start to realize we are the demonstration that God's word never returns void. Okay? We are that demonstration. I am who he says I am. I am who God, the mighty God, says I am. Not who I said who I am, but who he says I am. So, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, and be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others. So what would you do if all of a sudden tomorrow morning you had more, so much wealth come into your hands? What would you do? Some people are probably saying, if they hear this, they go, well, I don't know. I don't want that kind of money because I would, I, yeah, you know, well, uh, you know, the money is the root of all evil. No, 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 no. It is the love of money. You do not still make the money the main ingredient. You use it. It's a tool. It is evidence that God loves you and wants to bless you. He's been trying to bless you since the day you were born. He's been trying to bless every one of us. We get in the way with our own thinking, our own original thinking, our original sin, original sin, because any thought apart from God's thought is sin. Anything apart from faith is sin. So what are you going to do? Are you going to continue in the way that you are? Whatever you're doing right now to make money or to receive money, make sure you're a tither and open your eyes to be a giver and, and, and believe that sowing that seed is bringing money from God's kingdom that you don't have any clue how it's going to get to you. God will get it to you. He's created a system in this planet where it manifests whatever we believe for. There is no limit you are the limit. You are the. You hear people say this all the time. Well, the rich get richer, the poor get poor. I know. I just it's my lot in life. Really? That is a that is a thought that is not written in the Bible. You are allowing the enemy to control your thoughts if that's the way you think. I I can't. I I hear people. I, I mean, I, I I make TV commercials. That's what I do. And, and I hear people, even in the commercials, I see them a lot, and I, I talk about how, how their health isn't going to get any better unless they take this pill. Well, they have made that pill God. God wants to make your life better. He wants your body to function in the full perfection to which God Almighty created it to function. Do you know when you start deciding 
you're going to die or when you start uh, determining how long you're going to live, oh, yeah, I'll probably live like my parents did to that age, whatever the age is. You automatically are telling the chemistry, the telomeres, the things inside of your being to shorten your life to that span. Adam didn't even know he could die until someone told him through the tree of knowledge of good and evil that he could shorten his own life. Do you know you could shorten your own life? You could shorten your life. Why don't you start today? All you have to do is start saying it and believing it. And why is it always easier to believe the negative than it is the positive? Because the world tells us that. Right now, we're witnessing a time where the news, we don't trust the news anymore because they tell us something that's not true, but everybody's saying it, so you get enough people believing it. You got agreement and belief activating the quantum world to bring it to pass. That's how it works. Satan knows how it works. Satan knows scripture better than most Christians. It's about time the church stands up and realizes we are who he says we are. We are who he says we are. Stop telling yourself who you think you are and start believing you are who he says you are. Acts 24, 25. But he has continued to argue about up uprightness, purity of life, the control of passions, and the judgment to come. Felix became alarmed and terrified and said, go away for the Go away for the present. When I have convenient opportunity, I will send for you. This guy, Felix, got upset because somebody was talking real strong about the Lord. Uh, I tell you who that was, but he got upset, sent him away. At the same time, he hoped to get money from Paul. So it was Paul who was doing the talking. Paul was not broke, by the way. Paul had all the uh, affluency of a Roman citizen and all the wealth to go with it. And Paul, he, this guy Felix, was, and Paul was admonishing him and telling him how, how to use his money, and he said, he got terrified. He said, send him, send him away. But at the same time, he hoped Paul would give him money, for which reason he continued to send, him, uh, send for him and was in his company and conversed with him often. So this guy, knowing that Paul is a well-to-do individual and filled with wisdom, wanted him, but he, but he, Paul would say things that upset him. So if anything I'm saying upsets you, go to the Lord. Read the book, the manufacturer's handbook. God has created a book with all the answers. And if you stop looking at all the negative things in life and focus on the positive promises— you will be delivered and discover who you are in Christ. God wants to bless you today, right now, today, before tomorrow gets here. He wants you to be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4.18 But I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need, and I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Euphrates, for Euphrates the gifts you sent me, they are the fragrant odor and the offering and the sacrifice which God come, welcomes 
and in which he delights. There is no lack. There is no lack. My God supplies all my needs. There is no lack. There should be no lack. If there is lack, you, that's, a, that's an indication you have to renew your mind. The word I am, God is the great I am. What does that mean? Let's break it down. That means I am whatever I say I am right now. Not tomorrow. I'm not saying, Lord, would you please bring this tomorrow? I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have, and I have it already. Everything you need, everything you want, I don't, and maybe it's not money, and maybe it's not health, and maybe it's just praying for your kids, but whatever it is, it's already done for you if you will call it as though it is. In the invisible world, there are two solutions to your future. There are two futures. The one you really want and the one you're going to have. And the one you're going to have is the one you believe you will deserve or you believe you will have. Fear causes you to draw the very thing you don't want. And faith calling things that are not as though they are brings that. So you have the opportunity for whichever future you want. You and I are placing a demand on that future. That's what we are doing. We're calling things that are not as though they are. Calling things that are not as though they are. And that is what we're supposed to do. God delights in that. All our needs are already... God set up a system where you are the variable, not him. You think God's running around answering prayer? Have you ever watched that Jim Carrey movie where he wanted to be God and they drove him crazy answering prayer all times of the day and night? God's not doing that. He created a system and you are the core of it. What you believe, you will receive. What you believe, you will receive. What you believe, you will receive. And that's a fact. That's a fact. So, what are you going to do about it? You're going to change what you believe. You're going to change what you believe. Yes, I want plenty of money. Why? Because I can accumulate big piles of it? No. So I can use it to bless others and spread the gospel, the gospel, the good news that they can all have the same amount of money or the good health. They can all have the same health. And that's a fact. So what is it you're doing? What is it we need to do? We need to know we are who he says we are. I am who he says I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am who God says I am. He went to a lot of pain and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, work just to get that message to us. And the death on the cross, descending into hell, going through all of that. Don't waste it. Don't waste it by walking around with your head down, shoulders down, saying, I think God forgot me. He did not. He wants you to wake up 
shake yourself, kick the dust off your feet, and say, I am who God says I am, and I will act like God says I should. I will act like God, talk like God, be like God, because guess what? I'm made in his image and his own likeness. We'll be right back right after this short uh, break. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. We're excited you stayed with us. And on this second half of this program, we're talking about how we are created in the image and likeness of God and how we are alive in a time where we are fulfilling God's will, where he has called for us to be here for this hour, this moment. Not a stagnant church, but one that is alive and understands his word is alive and that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. So in Mark 4, 19, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, Then the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of this age and the pleasures and delights and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. So we're in a time where that's never been more able to happen to every single person. The cares and anxieties. If you just turn on the news, turn on the radio, turn on anything, you're going to hear about things you don't want to listen to. So the distractions of the age, the pleasures of the age, the delights of the age. Man, the pleasures of this age are different than the pleasures of another age, you know, but we get distracted. We are overcome and overwhelmed by all the things that are going on around us. And they, uh, the passionate desire for other things, we get to the point where if we pull in for a hamburger through a drive-thru and it's not ready immediately, you know, we want to know why. We are that conditioned to receiving things quickly and fast. And, uh, but it chokes the word. And it becomes unfruitful. Why is that? Because the Word of God is of itself everything we need. The Word of God is the trigger to power up the equipment that we have in this earth suit. You are a piece of equipment that can produce anything. How much is one human worth? That's, that's the, the question you have to ask. You can't replace your body. Yes, let alone replace the spirit and the person you are within you. The value 
billions, trillions, one human life is worth trillions and trillions because it can't be replaced. And so we are operating this equipment that is easily distracted to do other things. And the thing of it is that it keeps producing all the time that you cannot shut off the fact that you're a production center. What you talk about, what you think about, what you meditate on, they are the things that you are producing over and over in the quantum world. And then they manifest in your life. And you say, how did that happen? How did that, how did that come to be? We have to realize that we are the ones who are doing it. Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that which he says will take place, it will be done for him. So let me ask you a question. When God said, light be, did he doubt it was going to happen? Because if he did, it wouldn't have happened. It happened. Did it happen immediately? Well, we don't know because we weren't there. But God, when he spoke light be, it was pitch black. It was dark. It was not light out. So there was no light. And light began to exist. When did it show up? We don't know. We weren't there. But we know that God believed it would come to pass. That is, we're made in that same image and likeness. When we say something, God did, uh, Jesus showed us. First of all, he spoke to the fig tree, and it died in 24 hours. From the roots, he spoke to Lazarus, and he came to life. So he used words to bring life and to bring death, blessing and cursing, right? So there was an example of how it works. And we are word people. You know, it said that originally words were not made for us to communicate with. They were, we were supposed to use words to create. And the communication was telepathic because we were able to communicate another way. Well, that's easy to understand today with all the wireless stuff that's out there. But we have turned the creative part of us, the spoken word, into our full-time communication tool. So we talk about everything. You can listen to someone talk for 10 minutes, 5 minutes, even sometimes 3 minutes, and tell what road they're going down. So we have to learn how to control the words that we're saying. This is a control center. It is a control panel. We are creating with words everything we say. Here it says in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. You will have to give account for every idle word. For by your words, you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. So, do your words say, I believe that I have been redeemed by Jesus? Because that's what's going to set you free on the day of judgment. Or do your words say, I don't know, I've never really confessed myself. I don't believe in that stuff. Then you're under the judgment. But more than that, when you given when your idle words are out there creating, they are creating 
things constantly in the quantum world because words create. And when it manifests, the thing you don't want when it manifests, that is your judgment. Like somebody says, I know I'm going to be sick. I get sick every year. And you get sick. You say, see, I told you. That is the judgment. You are being judged by your own words. Your own words are coming to pass in your life. But Art, that's the way it is. I get sick every year. I, I have I get during flu season. Well, who the heck ever gave flu a season? So when people create these worlds, they create the restrictions by which they're going to live their life. The boundaries that are existing inside of each one of us are the boundaries that we put there with our mind, which starts with thoughts, and then our words. Because every idle word you will give account for. God will just put it on rewind, rewind you to what you're complaining about, and play back and say, look what you said, which caused this to happen. God isn't doing it to you. God isn't judging you. You're judging you. And he, he, we judge ourselves by our own words. So every idle word that you speak, if you knew that in an hour from now, within an hour, you could say right now, whatever you say will materialize within an hour. What would you say? It's like a genie in the lamp. If I get three wishes, right? <laughs> what would you use them for? And most people squander them away. <laughs> I remember the one story where the guy says, yeah, I want a, a million bucks. Well, he wasn't very specific. So there was a million deer without antlers standing in front of him. A million bucks. Be specific, right? That's what God wants us to do. Think about what you're saying. Understand that every word that comes out of your mouth is a tool to create something in the quantum world. He wants us to realize that we have been giving the been given the gift to, to to be just like him to create. Can you imagine the Father of the universe wanted each one of us to experience what it feels like to say something and have it come to pass? Once you realize that everything you're saying is coming to pass, do you become more careful about what you say? Do you watch every word? Are you careful with it? Because that's what we're talking about. How to utilize God's word to renew our minds to get the right thing. So when you take people's words and take people at their word, okay, you always are disappointed and get things you don't want. But when you take God's word as the standard and repeat God's word even in your life, God's word never returns void, but it will produce the right thing, not the wrong thing. And that's what happens to so many people. They get what they don't want because they're just flapping their jaw. We, this is James 3 and verse 3 and 4. We set bits in horses' mouths to make them obey us. We can turn their whole body by pulling that bit, right? Likewise, look at the ships. Though they were so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the impulse of the hel helmsman helmsman determines, so big, huge life ship. You got all this stuff going, but now you want to turn in a different direction. You got to turn the rudder. The tongue is the rudder. Your words are the rudder. So the small 
little words that start to change the direction of the ship. I am not sick. I am well. I am well, thank you. I am blessed, thank you. I am delivered from every evil of this present world. Is that what you're going to say? Or are you going to say, man, everything always happens to me. I can't get over how many times things break, cost money. I can't get that. I just don't know. Every time I spend a dollar, I go three, three behind. You see, you are saying things that are words that are creating things. The part of your your being that brings the brings it to, together, that causes the quantum world to deliver and manifest, it does not have a sense of humor on its own. It's not thinking on its own. It takes directions specifically from what you say and what you believe. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you desire, God wants to give you what you desire. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. So he made a system that deliver what he, what you think are the desires of your heart. But because we don't actually know what are the right desires, we often end up with what we don't want by saying things we don't want. So that ship is waiting for the, you to steer it. You've got to turn the rudder and you do that with your tongue. That's how it works. Um, when we think about our future, your future is anything going forward. Now, like right now, the next second, the next 10 seconds, the next minute, you are in the future. So you're traveling into the future every second of your life. And we need to understand that God's word is the only guide to lead us on a path that we'll be happy with in the future. Idle words or things that we think we dream up on our own and how we think life is causes a road that you don't want to be going on. And that's not what we want. So Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Do you know that God designed the entire earth and everything in it specifically to be a slave, to bring you, a human, the desires of your heart? That's right. It's designed to do that. So God, before you were ever created, before you were born, God had already arranged that all the earth and everything in it would work for you to bring you the desires of your heart. So what happened? What happened was your desires got corrupted by sinful thinking, by being born into a sinful generational world that just expects the worst instead of the best in many cases. You know, I, I, I hear families today talk about how, you know, how come our kids don't want to go to church, you know? And well, why do you think that is? What kind of demonstration are you putting out? Are you at a church that's alive in the spirit? That will draw them in. If you're at a place where they're seeing nothing other than people just going blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't want to go there either. It's a waste of time. You go where the word is being preached, bring, being taught, and being used and demonstrated. I know there's not a lot of those out there, but that is what we're supposed to be doing. So be that. Be the demonstration. You be it. Let's us be the We are the third millennium. We are the group that's supposed to demonstrate the word of God. And I, for one, don't plan on leaving this planet 
tell I get a lot of that going on everywhere I go. What said the Bible says whatever our hand finds to do should prosper. So find somebody who's not prospering and go put your hand on them and 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 either pray over them for their health or wealth or something and then expect the miracle. Watch your words. Speak words of life over them. So you find somebody that has bills and you speak words of life. What would that be, Art? Great. Glad you asked. That would be bills. I'm speaking to you. You're paid in full. Now you dematerialize and you rematerialize as paid bills. That goes for loans. That goes for anything. God is our source. He created an environment to fulfill our desires. Here's one of the problems people run into. They don't feel worthy enough to desire everything all at once. So they're afraid to ask. And a lot of Christians are still just begging God. God never intended anyone to beg. He created a system that is a slave to your mind, a slave to what you say, a slave to what you demand. God doesn't want us to command him, but he wants us to command his word that he created on our behalf to give us the desires of our heart. What are you waiting for? Speak like God. Act like God. You are made in his image and likeness. And Genesis, I want to read this here, Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. I know a lot of people are very concerned about our nation. Do you think God is concerned about the nation? Okay, I'm going to read you something here from Genesis, the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. This is God. I will bless you with abundant increase and favors. If God didn't want you to have abundant increase in favors, he wouldn't say it in Genesis, he wouldn't say it throughout the Bible, and he wouldn't say it anywhere. This whole idea that you don't know what God's will is, read the book and actually read the book. Don't pretend that somebody else read it and interpreted it for you. Get the word of God. He's saying, here's, I'm going to read you the whole thing. This is the amplified version of Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase in favors and make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing dispensing goods to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity and happiness upon you and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. If you will, all the families and kindred of the earth will be blessed, and by you the, they will bless themselves. Now, that was the amplified version. Now, I'm going to read you the contemporary English version. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will become famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on the earth will be blessed because of you, because of you, because of you. Is everyone around you blessed because of you? Some people walk into the room and they brighten it up. Other people walk out of the room and they brighten it up. I hope and pray 
that you are the one who walks in and brings the blessing. Bring the blessing. Bring the favor of God. The favor of God surrounds us like a shield, producing supernatural increase, promotion, restoration, honor, increased assets, policies and rules changed, battles won that we don't have to fight. That is what God has planned for his children. If you are a Christian and you are not experiencing or living that kind of life, you are the cause of it. Take God's word and change you. Everything is not happening from the outside in that can't be changed. You change it from the inside out. So people who don't know that they can change it from the inside out or all having things from the outside in take over their life. You are born again. You are a born-again, bona fide child of God made in the image and likeness of God. And he says, I will bless you and make you, you a great nation. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will be famous and be a blessing to others. Be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Don't be concerned about people that get upset with you. God will take care of it. The outcome to every prayer is going to be in your favor when you realize that God wants to bless you. He is not trying to teach you something by keeping you broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And anybody who perpetuates that lie, you will have to deal with it in your own life. God wants to bless you. He brought the curse and, and, and into the earth through Satan and allowed it to exist. But the blessing of God, it is on the ones who have turned from the sin, who've turned and got born again. So the curse, we have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. God does not want you to wait. He does not want you to wait one minute for the prayer you're praying for. He does. He is not the one stopping it. That's the point I'm trying to make, that you and I are the only ones setting the boundaries. Our words are the, are the, become stout against God's word. If your word isn't 100% what his word is, then you are interfering in your own prosperity. There is no reason why any born-again Christian cannot and should not have more than enough everything in their life, more than enough money, more than enough health, more than enough peace, the peace of the Lord. Today, we hear more and more people depressed, taking anxiety medicine, because they don't have the peace that Jesus brought. I bring you peace, he said. Not as the world. I bring you peace from the inside out. You can rest assured that all things are working together for good because I trust the Lord, because we trust the Lord. God created a system that when you trust in him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, that system, that kingdom, the kingdom of God will fix it. It will fix you. It will fix everything. It will. I know somebody's hearing me saying, but that guy lost it, man. Because I know people all around me that aren't happy, that have problems. Yeah, 
and they are the originators of them even when you don't know it. That's the sad part. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We need to wake up and understand that God has come to this earth. He's done all he's going to do. Jesus, he, he did all he's going to do. He set up the system. He set up the avenue by which we are made worthy. We are worthy. We are totally redeemed. And anything you desire, not only can you have, you should have, because God created a system to deliver it to you. Desire what is good for you and for your family and for others to serve them, to love them, to give. Be a godly, rich person. Receive the wealth. Receive the health. And be willing to reach out and pray over people. Pray with people. Allow them to know your good experiences and how God is blessing you. Don't hide it. Don't put it under a basket and hide it so you don't have to talk about it in public because you might get embarrassed. It's time for the body of Christ to rise up and be the true example of what God Almighty created us to be. He called this generation. He's called it. It's in his word that this generation, this generation is going to take it all back. And then he's going to return. He's going to return, but he's not going to take off out. He's not going to, he's not going to take you out of here broke, busted, sick, and disgusted in this generation. He wants you to be like in Egypt, where then they left Egypt, right? They left, and they, well, they left wealthy. They left wealthy and healthy, and that's what God provided, and he took them to the promised land, and that's where you and I are going now. And this generation, right now, right now, this year, this moment, Go to the promised land. I don't want to hear there's giants. I don't want to hear, man, it's scary. I don't want to know you. I don't think I can do it. Don't be one of those. Be the ones that said, it's easy. Even, even. I mean, everybody's, pro the grapes are, are like basketballs. Where it takes two people to carry one little twig of grapes. That's what he wants us to live like. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode of All In. It's about space, it's about saving the human race It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history It's about you, it's about me, it's about time